Hello, I'm Dan Rowden, and this is episode one of Mag Heroes, a new audio show all about magazines and the people who make them. If you'd like to hear a bit about why I've started the podcast, you can check out episode zero at magheroes.net. Uh, my first ever guest is Luke Tong, who's the art director of Boat Magazine and a graphic designer at Life Agency in the UK. Hi, Luke. How's it Hi, going? Dan. Hi, uh, Yeah, it's good. Thank you. How are you? I'm okay. Um, so let's just start. Where are you and uh, what are you doing today? Okay. Uh, I'm off work today, so I'm sat in my living room uh, just outside of Birmingham in the UK, where I live uh, with my wife, Tash. And uh, yeah, I'm having a day off work, so I'm I'm nice. at home waiting to take delivery of uh, the next issue of Boat Magazine. Oh, well, that's nice, <laughs> nice, convenient, perfectly timed. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, so, are you from the area? Mm. Uh, are you a native? No, Birmingham? not at all. No. Uh, I, I'm not a, a Midlander or a Black Country boy. Um, I'm originally from the north. All right. uh, brought up near a Sheffield and. Then uh, via Falmouth University, ended up in Birmingham. Okay, because uh, for me, I'm from the south, the Essex area. So, so for any any weird accent, you're all up north. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's a yeah. bit difficult to uh, distinguish, to be honest. And Birmingham isn't actually that far north, but I think no, down no. down from where I'm from, it is definitely part of the north. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't think I've adopted the, the accent just yet. No. <laughs> I have got a bit of a sore throat, so I'm going to try not to have uh, <laughs> engine voice all the way through. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's let's start from how did you get into design? Obviously, you work with uh, Boat Magazine, and you do lots of uh, other design work with your your day to day job. How did you yep. start? And did you? Yeah, you mentioned your university. Did you sure. study it there? And yeah, uh, I. I um, always loved art and I guess what is design, although I maybe didn't know it at school. So uh, I was fortunate to do an A-level in graphic design um, and that very much led me onto a foundation course, which I did at Lincoln School of Art. Uh, And then there uh, I thought about doing photography, but they decided I should do graphics, which I'm very pleased about. So uh, merrily went down to Falmouth and managed to get on a, a BA design course there, which was fantastic and had three very happy years down on the beach, uh, studying design, and then, yeah, after that, just naturally uh, went into my first job, uh, which was three years at an agency outside of Nottingham called Linney Design, and I did a little bit of magazine work there, some internal magazines for Booper and Eurostar, and I guess that kind of piqued my interest in magazines, which was around the same time that I was approached by Boat and asked whether I would be up for art directing with them, a magazine which didn't yet exist. Okay. So, so they, yeah, yeah you, the start. you you were like headhunted, rather mm. than you like, or did you meet them and it, like? Uh, I guess it was spawned. Yeah, headhunted sounds a bit too grand. <laughs> I, um, I had a, a really good friend who has been involved in both, so, uh, con- kind of consequently, um, a photographer called Jonathan Cherry, at university, and he asked me to design a little publication for him, uh, all about firemen that he had shot down in Falmouth called Blue Watch and. A guy wrote for that, wrote an article for that, and that guy was Davy Spence, who started Boat. Right. So he liked what I did with that, and then he and his wife Erin came up and met me, and we chatted magazines for a bit, and we decided that I'd get involved with issue one, and we'd see how it goes and see if it worked out for us both, um, because they're obviously based in London, and I'm up in Birmingham. So it's a bit of an unusual working model, but um, it seems to have done okay for us. Right. And we've kind of made it work, ironed out the chinks a little bit. Yeah. 
and it's it's like a part time thing for everyone, really, isn't it? Because they the boat yeah. studio is their main. That's right. Although um, they are kind of boat through and through, so they they do uh, studio work during the day for various clients under the name Boat Studio, and then Boat Magazine grew out of that. And I obviously have a day job too um, in design and marketing, and then I do it in my spare time. Right. Okay. So uh, I guess I'm more not a traditional art director, but more of a art director consultant. Or I do get involved in layout and. Uh, decisions about things but I'm, I'm also maybe a little bit more removed than the average art director okay P- probably just because of that distance and yeah. they, they've got great people on site and, and they're all creative incredible designers too so um, yeah it's a very collaborative effort okay well maybe we can touch on your as you mentioned at your your day job uh, at life agency sure um, you do you work on magazines there or is it mostly uh, like other graphic Work. No, uh, I, w- I would love it if we did, but we do, we don't do very much. Uh, we do quite a bit of stuff for print, but it, it's more big brand uh, advertising and graphic design, anything um, below the line, really. So we do big campaigns for big brands. We're just working on some stuff for Grolsch at the minute and uh, Lloyd's Pharmacy, doing quite a lot with those this past month. So it's it is very different, and it's. Um, it's certainly very different to the stuff that we do with Boat, which is why I think there's a nice contrast there. Mm-hmm. And Boat is a bit of a creative escape, um, as there are uh, no guidelines and not too many managers and people involved in the decisions. So it's, it's a lot more kind of a pure process of design as opposed to um, jumping through hoops maybe a bit more at work. Mm-hmm. And, and just the commercial realities of getting work out to very quick turnarounds and uh, budget requirements, that sort of thing. Right, so I'm just looking at the Life Agency website, and uh, yeah. there's some yeah, some nice clients on here. The Angry Birds, for example. <laughs> have, yeah, you, yeah. have you worked on any of the Angry Birds? Uh, uh, we do some work with TCC, who are the kind of parent company who activate Angry Birds stuff in stores. So we okay. did some uh, we did some really interesting experiential stuff in France in Carrefour uh, supermarkets, okay. which was um, where you could play the game for real. <coughs> excuse me, in 3D. Um, get people to come and sign up and they were flicking birds with catapults and things so it often it, it's not what you would necessarily first think of when you see the brand or the logo but it's still quite high profile uh, good meaty work for those brands yeah and it sounds completely different from the boat yeah it, it's very <laughs> yeah. broad um, it can be anything from uh, tv to uh, digital web stuff um, to outdoor experiential uh, to regular graphic design but um, yeah I'm very much I think my my passion really lies in editorial and also in branding so they're the things that if those jobs come in I'm I try and jump on those as quick as I can yeah do you, do you find that working on uh, stuff that you're not so like passionate about is that difficult to do uh, when, especially when there's like a boat issue coming out like do you think about the new oh, yeah. boat stuff all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, concentration wanders a little bit I, yeah. I think it is um, it's natural to for your focus to be where your passion is mm. my passion uh, especially when an issue is forthcoming or in progress um, yeah I'm very much sort of split in my head but you do have to be remain focused at work while, while you're paid to be there and yeah, exactly. get, get the work out and then yeah come home full of ideas and often that I find that break focusing on something else during the day can be really helpful because you can reflect on what you've done and it actually works really well with our model of 
London and Birmingham split that um, they can look at things that I've done during the day and feedback and then they can have another go at night. So it's, it's kind of a back and forth conversation over a few weeks. Yeah, okay. Um, so there's also Form 55 and yes. you're a contributor to that and that's also a design blog? Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, design, yeah, I, I guess a blog is the best way to describe it. Um, it's a site that's been going for quite a few years and I was very fortunate to be invited to join those guys, um, I think maybe four or five years ago now. Um, just to contribute, uh, there's a team of maybe 20 to 30 of us around the world who uh, write for that and attend events and review things and just generally share what we're passionate about and people send us uh, portfolios to be reviewed and work to be featured. So it's another, uh, it's a great profile piece for me, I guess, and a, a way to get my name out there, but also to support people and the work that I love. And um, we all have very different passions within Form 55, so you'll get people writing about what they're really interested in. So I tend to do a bit more about print, I guess, and especially editorial when I can. Yeah, I was I was looking at a few of your posts on there, and they all seem to have the same sort of <laughs> skew to them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Often it's, I guess but, that's why it works, having so many different people, and they can touch on different areas and bring it all in one, yeah, into correct. one place. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's a, a pleasure to be a part of, mm. and it it requires very little effort, if I'm honest. So, it's a it's a good thing to to have there on my CV, I guess. So uh, you're a little bit like like me as well. I have my day job, and then I have all these little extra bits that <laughs> are yeah. my real passions. Um, yeah, on the absolutely. Side, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, tough to be at work sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> you have to you have to be there. Yeah, and, absolutely, uh, and there aren't always. Um, I know people say if the, the ideal job doesn't exist, go and create it. But um, sometimes you need the security of a, a paycheck or a whatever it may be. So I, I, I don't mind the balance at the minute. I think yeah. it's, it's achievable, just about. And, and it's not like you're stocking shelves somewhere either. It's, you're no, working in a great agency. Not, no, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm learning loads still right. um, in my day job, which is great. Um, so, yeah, the, the two, I'm sure, feed into each other in different ways. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, maybe move on to boat then. Um, you mentioned how you got involved at the early stage. Uh, what sure. year was this? Uh, so issue one came out in spring of two thousand and eleven. Uh, so I guess it was uh, it was just as the guys had come back from Sarajevo to get the content for issue one. So it was probably in the February or March of uh, two thousand and eleven when they came up to see me. So. I've been involved in it constantly since then, um, and we are just about to put out issue six, which is uh, Reykjavik, uh, and I have been out with a team on a number of occasions and other times stayed at home. Right. So this is a question I put to you in an email mm. a week ago or so. So um, as an art director, you don't necessarily go to help gather the content. But no. on a few occasions you've been to... Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a, it comes back to splitting my time between a day job and passion project. Um, I would love it if I could be there all the time with the guys. But in a way, it's, it's a luxury for me to be there, uh, both for them and for me, because they're funding uh, accommodation and that sort of thing. So it, it, it's a nice to have, definitely. I think it, it does make a difference, but... Um, I'm very fortunate that the guys who go are very um, 
kind of switched on to be looking for things and collecting things and bringing things back from an aesthetic point of view, which really helps me uh, and Dan, the other designer, um, to kind of get a real authentic feel, which is what we, we aim to do to represent the city visually. Um, and also, I think, using our contacts out there, um, you know, no one knows the the place better than the locals, so we tap into that and I try and um, meet with or at least get in contact with designers and typographers and um, illustrators who live in those cities to understand um, what they would want to represent their city well. So, yeah, um, I've only ever seen the London issue, like, okay. physically. <laughs> Obviously, the Magpile helps a little bit to see what's yeah. going on, but... Um, Sure. So I haven't really seen the difference between the issues properly, like uh, as you're saying, design-wise or aesthetic-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's an interesting point. I really want to get a hold of the Athens issue, which I think is still available. Mm. Yeah, uh, yes, that looks amazing. Yeah. yeah, and there's obviously yeah. this Reykjavik uh, issue. Yeah. It's been yeah. generating quite a lot of buzz. Um, yeah, is that out today? In it, uh, it well, it, a few issues will arrive with me today, and the the other thousands will arrive uh, with Davey and Erin in London. So they will be posting it out today, and I guess it will start arriving on people's doormats next week, early next week, hopefully. Um, yeah, so we're we're looking forward to getting that back and making sure it's all printed the right way around, and <laughs> <laughs> all of those worries. Um, uh, yeah, and then excited for people to to see it. There's some really great content. Uh, really, really great content in this one. So, yeah, we're, we're very proud of it already. Yeah. Sure. Um, how how does it work when you're designing things? Um, how does your review process work? Obviously, mm. you're split between two cities. Sure. Um, and I guess you don't. How often do you meet up during the design process? Uh, yes. Yeah, sometimes never. Um, it, it's usually uh, phone calls and uh, Dropbox. God bless Dropbox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very useful. And PDFs and notes and emails and all of that good old-fashioned stuff. That um, yeah, we just we we work on bits together, or we'll work on things um, separately and produce a few options, maybe, and work on different spreads or sections, and then upload things and uh, get feedback the following day or uh, that same night if we're in a rush, and just tweak things till we're all happy with where things are heading. It's a very collaborative process in that sense. Right. Okay. Uh, do you find that's, that's easy, or would you prefer if you're all together in the same room, for example, or are you happy with the current uh, uh, arrangement? I, I guess I, I am happy with it. Um, it does work. I, face-to-face contact, especially at work in the day job, is always so much better if you can just have a conversation and get something figured out. But I think a magazine is quite a different process in that it comes together over time and there's a little bit of a um, – it's a different kind of a process and it, it, things need to germinate and ideas form over time. And uh, as the pace comes together, you, you can – as the different pieces come in, you can sort of tell what the pace needs to be like and um, how that runs across the whole magazine. So you get a, a slightly different view of it as a, a whole piece. So I, I think it does work for us. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it if you can avoid it, but um, yeah, it, it comes with its own frustrations, but it also its benefits definitely. And do you have uh, a favourite past issue? Mm. Uh, is it 
is it easy to pick one out, for example, that or one that you don't yeah. don't specifically like? Or oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Probably. <laughs> if you want to um, talk about that, <laughs> I, I look. Uh, I rarely look back at the first issue at Sarajevo. I think because I, it was just such a learning curve, and it was the first magazine I'd done and kind of been responsible for. So, um, yeah. I but I, I'm just flicking through it now, and actually, it, it's, some of it's held up really well. So. Um, and the, the great thing about Boat is it relies so little on the design. We never wanted it to be kind of a style magazine that was full of adverts and really obvious design that, you, that drew your attention. We wanted to just showcase the words and the pictures and let them do the talking because the, the contributors are such high quality um, people and the, the, the content that they give us is so good that we didn't want to get in the way of that. So I think it, Sarajevo still, still works on that level. Um, I think issue two is probably my favourite, which is Detroit, uh, and I was fortunate to be out there with the guys for the duration of that, so um, I really got a feel for the city, and I've got relatives out there, so it holds a bit of a special place for me, and it was it was a really great time. Uh, and we also met, um, I was very fortunate to find a really good graphic designer who'd produced a beautiful typeface called Detroit, uh, a guy called Alex Sheldon, who lives in Detroit itself. And we met up with him, and he was really happy to be on board and let us use his typeface throughout. So that kind of felt like it really came together, and everything represented the city really well. And it was we did a really beautiful film for that that had some good coverage. And uh, I'm very proud of that as a as a leap between issue one and issue two. It felt like we really stepped up. And then again with the Athens issue that you mentioned, I was out there with the team for that, and again met some uh, typographers and we managed to get a typeface off one of those that I think really kind of, it's very beautiful, but it also represents the kind of slightly uh, anarchic state that Athens was in at the time with the riots. Um, so a stencil font that, um, yeah, just it's just a, a subtle nod back to the, the kind of troubles that were going on at the time and the anti-establishment feeling that there was there. So... Uh, I'm really proud of that. And uh, the last two issues are really beautiful as well, Kyoto and Reykjavik. Um, yeah, very happy with those two. Um, yeah, you mentioned you you talk with and work with uh, designers from these, these places. Mm. Do you find it, I mean, do you find that easy? Do you find that there's like uh, differences between uh, maybe a, a British style and then this styles from these different countries because every every country's been different so far for example mm -hmm. the kyoto issues uh japan so yeah that's quite a, a difference and how do you do you find it easy to put the uh, outside or like different influences within the same boat package each issue sure. yeah it's it's a, it's a, a balance to to be had because there's definitely a tension between uh, kind of verging into cliche and um, we, we don't ever want to just impose what we think a city should feel like or look like or we, we try not to go or to approach it with a um, formed ideas we kind of go with a, a blank page and let the city kind of create itself I guess in the magazine so it, we're prepared to be surprised um, we don't really have much involvement from designers in terms of what they think their content should look like or how the magazine should look is very much dictated by the team who go. Um, but in terms of contributors and illustrators and typographers and writers and whatever, um, we let them very much create what they want and what, what they think the story should be. 
um, I, I think Erin spoke recently, um, the editor on the stack, um, on the Monocle's stack program about how about 50% of the content is kind of formed in her head before we go and 50% just evolves naturally when they're in the place. Um, and that, I think that is a good balance that there's, a, there's enough meat on the bones before we go, but it can really be formed in the city and then it, it's, it's a more of an authentic piece of work at the end of it. Yeah, it sounds like a very like organic uh, process. Obviously, they go to a set city that they've chosen, and they have. Uh, I think they they already have. Yeah, as you say, like some of the content ready or prepared or at least planned, and then the yeah. rest of it is just kind of happens. Kind of, <laughs> it's, it yeah, sounds like a good a good way it's, of getting around. It's incredible. The... Yeah, to see it in action as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in Detroit, we I went with them to meet some people, and people are so pleased that there is a someone taking an interest in telling their story that they're, they're only too happy to recommend that you go and meet such and such person or you go to this restaurant or uh, attend some event. So it, it's very much a, an organic process when you're out there. And that, then you uncover the real gems, not just the obvious things that you could Google and find anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a magazine that gets a lot of uh, buzz when the new issue comes out, I think. Mm. Uh, it's, is it uh, how many times a year is it? Uh, it, it's biannual, so it's just twice okay, a year. Twice a year. So yeah, but, um, I think we would we would all love to do it more than that. But the amount of time that goes into planning the trips and getting the content, mm. pulling it together, um, it's a it's a good balance, realistically, of uh, being able to afford to do it and it, it not uh, bankrupting any of us, right. but um, still succeeding and uh, there being enough of a buzz and an interest in it to to keep it going. So I don't know. I don't think we. Uh introduced boat properly at the beginning but uh can you just uh, describe the yeah like the idea behind it that the team goes out is for sure. a month is uh it's up to ish. a month uh, yeah a month ish uh, it depends on people's uh, prior commitments and families for instance but um yeah uh, the core team is davy and erin spence who uh, run boat studio and they birthed the magazine uh, and they just wanted to travel and uh, write and produce something that represented what they, they'd found in that city, which became Boat Magazine. So there's a, a team of UK contributors who uh, have worked on multiple issues, some not on all of them, but um, a kind of a talent pool that they draw from of great photographers and uh, writers who they take out with them. And then they meet people there that they've prearranged or organically met, and they produce the rest of the content. So Erin will start pulling together a lot of the issue in the city, and then when they come home, the design process really starts where we start um, mapping out what the issue will look like and then piecing it together as the contributions come in and the photographers send in their images, for instance. And it's just trying to uh, take a fresh look at a city which has maybe been a bit underrepresented or uh, ill-reported or um, that we don't necessarily have a, a good clue about in the, here in the West. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a it's a very different. If, if people describe it as a travel magazine, it, it it's not what you would think of as a travel magazine, but it's um, it's trying to do something good. I think. Yeah, Which and is, it, yeah. What in uh, what kind of drew me to it in the first place? Right, and there's always the the funny tweets of people saying, "Ha ha, look, boats in the boat <laughs> section again." Yeah. 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 <laughs> every month we get well, every time we go into Smiths and hang our heads slightly. But, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we don't sell that many copies through Smith, so it's, it's, yeah. So, yeah, so I asked you to prepare, uh, well, just gather three magazines Mm. that you'd like to share. 
Do you sure. have those available? And why? Yeah, which ones and why are you selecting them? Yeah, uh, yeah. When you asked me to do this, I my head immediately went to all the magazines that I buy regularly, um, that most of your listeners, I'm sure, will be aware of through Magpile and various other things. Um, and I, I, I have actually stopped buying magazines this year, um, or certainly slowed down because it was just getting a bit out of hand. So. The magazines that I'd like to talk about are three slightly older issues, um, which uh, one is the Albion, which uh, I see was recently reviewed on Magpile. Yep, it was. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, is just a breath of fresh air. I think there's what I love about magazines and what I, I guess drew me to magazines was that sense of discovery when you walk into a shop or somewhere and, and you see a magazine for the first time that you've not heard of before. And I remember having that feeling when I picked up the Albion. I think it was earlier this year. It might have been last year. Um, I was in a shop somewhere and just came across it and thought, I imagine this is a, a magazine that would cost a few quid because of its production values and its right. really beautiful illustrated cover. Uh, and, in fact, it was free. So that's always a nice surprise. But um, just looking through it again, it's a really great magazine. And the fact that you can pick it up for free is fantastic. And I used to BMX when I was younger, so... Uh, I subscribed to a, a magazine called The Ride for many years, uh, and so it, it reminded me of my youth, I guess, mm. in a nostalgic way. Um, the second one is a really beautiful um, oversized publication called Scratch, and that is um, for alumni of Falmouth University, which uh, they sent out the first one this year uh, in a huge envelope. And it is, um, I'll have to send you some pictures because it's, it's over the top. Uh, it's beautiful. It's got gold ink throughout and uh, incredible content. Um, and it's just uh, a really different kind of lavish way of the university showing that they care about the people who've been there. And it's by a company called Nixon Design who are based in Falmouth. Um, so it's, it's good that they've used local talent for that. So is this is the university like a design specific university, and is yes. that why they have such a nice uh, publication? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah I guess <laughs> so. It's, it's growing uh, all the time, but it, it started off as a specific college of art, and now it's okay. a university college status. But it, it's all creative courses that they offer there, and um, it's it's got a very good reputation in the UK. Um, so it's it's good to see that they're kind of putting their money where their mouth is, I guess, with yeah. the, the production of this, especially. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely piece to hold. It's the sort of thing that you can't represent on screen. Right. Uh, and the last one is a, a slightly odd publication that I bumped into in Smith's, I think, one time, called Above Magazine, which I see is also uh, on Magpile, um, which is a, a really odd uh, thing. I've only got one issue. I think there's been four since. Uh, and it, it, it's a biannual that's since ceased to be, although they're talking about bringing it back. Um, dedicated to sustainability and environmental protection, which is not really a subject that I would um, <laughs> particularly, especially being a lover of print. But, um, yeah, it, it's a fantastic kind of high-quality, um, almost feels like Hunger or one of those incredible fashion magazines that's okay. an inch thick. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's a, a, it, it describes it as a, a magazine using luxury, fashion, art, photography, architecture and design to raise awareness of the endangered environment. Um, but it's, uh, I remember picking it up in the shop and flicking through and being blown away by the layout and the photography uh, and just the weight of, of it and the fact that I think it was only a fiver. So 
Uh, <laughs> it's worth, worth tracking down those if you can, or certainly keeping an eye out to see what they do next. Um, yeah, so they, they are my three picks to try and track down. That's great. Um, yeah, some nice unknowns in there. Um, I think the Albion I've got waiting for me in the UK when I come back uh, for Christmas, but the other two are things I'm definitely have to check out. So yeah, if you could send some photos over of the yeah, scratch one, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I'll be linking to everything we discussed in uh, the show notes on magheroes.net. So if anyone's listening and they want to see what Luke's been describing, uh, you can go there, magheroes.net. Um, just to wrap up, Luke, um, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, if you Google my name, you'll find things, but uh, <laughs> luketong.com, I guess, is the, the best place to start. Beautiful uh, portfolio. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I've thrown that together with Squarespace this yeah, year. So very nice. Trying to get my head around that. I'm not really a web designer. But uh, I, I guess my blog as well on Tumblr, um, which you can find on there, is where I'm most active, and Twitter. And anywhere that you see Luke Tong, it's probably me. Yeah, um, so uh, if anyone hasn't been come across Luke on uh, Twitter, he favourites all the time. How <laughs> I don't know how many emails I have in my uh, <laughs> my oh, client. You, oh, you've got to turn your notifications off. <laughs> Favourites as a bookmark so I can go back to yeah. the... I gathered that. <laughs> it must friends. be. <laughs> I'm not just kissing um, out. Yeah, so everyone beware. <laughs> um, well, yeah, okay. Well, thank you very much, Luke, for coming on as our first guest. An absolute um, pleasure. Thanks for having and, me. Uh, explaining the boat process. Um, uh, thanks to everyone who listened and uh, see you soon bye bye